Watson, and this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. There is so much going on tonight. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to be watching. I think I'm going to need multiple TVs, which is which is not a bad thing, by the way. Anytime you have multiple TVs going, you know there's some good sports on, right? I'm super excited for tonight. What are you going to be watching? What are you going to be checking out, right? There's a couple of different things, right? Get World Series Game 7 tonight, I think for most people, probably takes priority. Unless you're just a baseball hater, right? Or, or you're so sour about the Brewers losing to the Nationals that you refuse to watch. Right? I think most people are going to be tuning in Game 7 of the World Series and Interestingly enough, no home team has won, right? All of the wins in the World Series have come by the road team, which is just odd. They go with a 2-3-2 format in the World Series. So tonight, the final game in Houston, the team with uh, with home field advantage. Uh, if the trend continues, right, the, the Nationals would win, right? If the trend continues of, of the road team uh, taking wins in the World Series this year, the Nationals should win. They're probably feeling pretty good about that. Obviously, a lot of people are going to be tuned in to the Game 7 of the World Series. I'm going to be watching Bucks celtics uh, I'm going to have to watch that. It, Boston's got a new look, right? They brought in Kemba Walker, Ennis Cantor. They lost Al Horford, Kyrie Irving. You're expecting Jalen Brown, who just got that new contract, and Jason Tatum uh, to step up and, and to be bigger, better roles in this in the Celtics offense. I'm excited to see what what they are made of, and I'm excited for Bucks celtics tonight as we watch uh, how the Bucks are going to look in 2019 as well. I'm going to have to check out that game. Like I said, multiple TVs. And, of course... Uh, there is a new South Park on at 9 o'clock. I'm absolutely not going to miss that. And I'm going to try to make room for Call of Duty because new Call of Duty came out last Thursday. So that's four things. I don't have four TVs, so we're going to have to get, we're gonna have to get a little creative. Uh, but tonight is going to be a lot of fun uh, regardless. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. And we're going to cover uh, a little bit of it all today. We're going to talk about the World Series and Bucks Celtics tonight. Uh, I want to talk a little bit of college sports as well near the end of the hour. A lot to get to, a lot of different things uh, to get to now tonight, I'm going to prioritize the Bucks. I'm going pri- to prioritize Bucks Celtics, which is interesting, right? Because there's 82 games in the regular season, and then there's a bunch of playoff games, right? Right? The NBA, nothing serious is going to be decided for months from now. But I'm going to prioritize Bucks Celtics tonight. All and explain to you uh, in a little bit exactly why that is. I'm also going to watch the World Series. I- I'm going to watch the entire World Series Game Seven tonight. I- I've gotten to this habit of tuning in late of kind of showing up in the 6th or the 7th or the 8th inning, right? Scoreboard watching and saying, oh yeah, World Series is going on tonight. Oh, what's the score? Oh, it's close. Turn it on. And and turning it on just in time. I was able to do that uh, in the final game of that Dodgers National Series, tuning in right as Clayton Kershaw is giving up those back-to-back home runs, right? I've been showing up at just the right time. Tonight, I'm going to watch from the beginning, right? I'm going to get home and throw it on uh, and and watch the entirety of Game 7 of the World Series tonight. And it's it's an interesting situation in the World Series, right? The Nationals are kind of the team who everybody, you know, love to say they're playing with house money. Nobody expected them to be here, right? They're the hot team. They're the team of destiny, you know, use whatever cliche, uh, whatever term you want. They are definitely the underdog. And then the Houston Astros are, well, they're the Houston Astros. Tonight, Max Scherzer is going to go for the Nationals. And he's incredible, right? There's no pitcher you'd rather have if you're a Nationals fan, except he's a little banged up. He's a little injured. So that's kind of a big question mark. Zach Greinke going for the Astros tonight. They really don't have a bad option to, to be a starter, right? Between Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke, they don't really have a bad option. Uh, this this 
look, the World Series, we, we are blessed with a with a really entertaining World Series and some some good storylines. Maybe some people would have preferred Dodgers, Yankees. I just wanted to see the St. Louis Cardinals not make it. Look at the batting leaders, man. They, they have stars. Anthony Rendon, who is a fringe MVP candidate in the National League, and Alex Bregman, who's an MVP candidate in the American League. This is a really entertaining, really engaging series with two different teams, different types of players, different storylines. I know I'm going to be watching Game 7 tonight. Nationals are the fun story. The Astros are the, are the Goliath and a little bit of a bad look on the organization, right? With with what happened with that assistant general manager. Just kind of intimidating and yelling at reporters. Just a really odd situation. A lot of interesting swimming storylines. And we're going to get into some of those again uh, coming up here in a few minutes. I don't know who I'm cheering for tonight. I don't know if I want the Astros to win or the Nationals to win. Like I said, the Nationals are the fun story. They're the smaller market, although D.C. is is not a small market by any means, at least compared to Milwaukee uh, or, or, I don't know, Cincinnati. And the Astros are that Goliath. They're the team that, they're a super team. They're, they're the closest thing as you can get in the MLB to a super team, right? We see super teams in, in the NBA, although I think those super teams kind of disappeared a little bit this year. But super teams in Miami with LeBron and then in Golden State, the original big three in Boston. Right Now, those super teams have, have kind of disappeared a little bit, and it's become more about a, a pair of superstars rather than three or four, thankfully. I think the Houston Astros are the closest thing uh, the, the, the Major League Baseball has to a super team. Right, Just like I said, that starting rotation, oh my God. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, and Wade Miley was excellent this season as well. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa. Good God. Good God. I mean, that, that's a super team, right? That's a Major League Baseball super team, like we saw in, in the NBA in years past. So you have the fun, entertaining, team of destiny type of story. You have the super team, although I don't know if I don't know if the Astros make it difficult to cheer for them other than what their organization has done the last couple of weeks, right? Yelling to intimidate reporters and then making up some weird story about basically avoiding apologizing and then ultimately apologizing and firing that assistant general manager. I don't know, a lot of interesting storylines. I don't know who I'm cheering for. And then, of course, you, you got to remember back what feels like months ago when the Brewers actually were up 3-1 to one on the Nationals in the eighth inning and, and couldn't get it done. Man, how that would have changed the landscape of, of, of the MLB playoffs, right? Maybe the Brewers become that hot team of destiny and charge through Atlanta or charge through St. Louis or L.A. Or maybe the Brewers barely squeak by the Nationals in the wild card. They get beat in the divisional round, and the Dodgers go on to the World Series, or the Cardinals go on to the World Series. Either way, Brewers win that game, everything changes. And and that makes it a little bit difficult to cheer for the Nationals, knowing that Brewers probably should have taken care of business and won that game. Now, I'm getting less and less petty by the day, right? I, I'm, I'm not as frustrated and I'm not as petty as I was a couple of weeks ago about the Nationals beating the Brewers, but you never forget. You don't forget things like that, right? I still hate the Seahawks for what happened in 2014 and... You know, as long as we're on the subject for what happened in 2012. I still hate the Seahawks. There's a little, little part of me that kind of hates the Nationals, but also wants to see them win. Hey, man, Astros fans, they got a World Series a couple of years ago. Let another fan base celebrate. Let another fan base have fun. I mean, how much fun was it to watch uh, Capitals fans, right? Instead of Bruin fans or Blackhawk fans or Kings fans. It's fun to see another fan base be able to celebrate. The Cleveland Cavaliers, right, in 2016, 2015. It's fun to, to see a, a fan base be able to celebrate a championship for the first time. And I hope before too long we get to see it in Milwaukee. I want to talk a little bit more about the World Series 
not about the teams or the stories, but I actually don't think anybody's watching the World Series. I'm going to be watching tonight because it's Game 7, but I, I think I'm in the minority there. Nobody's watching the World Series. Let me explain. Uh, we got to talk to Dave and Scrady, who are hanging out at Bubba's Meats as well, uh, getting ready for the holidays and talking about deer processing, all that good stuff. We're going to check in with them. Come back. This is the Wisco Sports Show, presented by Played Against Sports. You're listening to WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you're having an awesome night. I'm trying to prepare myself uh, for the rest of my night. There's a lot going on. Game 7 of the World Series. Right, The Bucks are playing the Celtics, which, by the way, will start at 6.30 here on WKTY. So pregame going to start just as we are finishing at 6 o'clock. New South Park episode. New Call of Duty game that just came out. I'm, I'm trying to figure out... I'm going to make it all work tonight, but but I'm not going to miss a Game 7 of the World Series. That's for damn sure. You just don't get Game 7s in the NBA Finals or in the World Series or in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They don't happen very often, and there really is nothing like them because every pitch means so much, even more so uh, than in a normal playoff game. Because if you watch uh, uh, a National League Championship Series game, for example, like the Brewers and the Dodgers were in last year, every pitch, fans are living and dying with every pitch. Everything feels so in the spotlight, right? Whereas for the majority of the Brewers' regular season, a starting pitcher goes five innings, gives up four runs, but it's good enough to win. All right, good enough. You know, pack up your bags, uh, turn off the TV, let's do this again tomorrow. Man, in the World Series, or in the Championship Series, or the Division Series, if Zach Granke doesn't go six innings, allowing one run or less tonight, he's going to get killed. It's so high pressure. Everything is in the spotlight. Everyone is expected to perform. I'm not going to be missing a moment of Game 7 tonight, but I'm also going to watch Bucks celtics uh, and, and I'll tell you why coming up in a few minutes. Past, look, they're the Bucks. I'm going to watch them. Uh, but tonight's game means a little bit something extra. I'll explain coming up in a few minutes. If you want to join in on the conversation, look at me. I haven't haven't even invited you in. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. I'm going to be watching Game 7 tonight, but I feel like I'm I'm a little bit in the minority. I got into work today, talked to a couple of coworkers, uh, including one of my friends who's the, the biggest Twins fan uh, that possibly I know. Yeah, you're going to be watching the World Series? He's like, nah, I haven't really watched it at all. You're going to watch tonight? Ah, we'll see. It's very casual. There's not a lot of urgency. There's not a, man, I got to get my stuff done so I can get home and, and make sure I don't miss the Game 7. Right, all oh, the other night I had to... I had to tell the girlfriend, no, I'm not hanging out, right? I, I got to watch the game. I got to watch. It's the, it's the World Series. I got to watch. No. I haven't heard a lot of stuff like that. It's very low urgency. Very, eh. We'll see if I get to it. We'll see what else is on. See how I'm feeling. There hasn't been a lot of urgency. And even some of my friends and coworkers who love baseball, love baseball, probably even more than me, are skipping out on watching some of these World Series games. And I guess it's it's... Not difficult to understand. Like like right now, if you ask the average American about the World Series, what's going on in the World Series? What can you tell me? What have you heard? They're probably going to say, well, I heard President Trump got booed the other night, right? And they were chanting it at Donald Trump, which isn't surprising, right? But is naturally going to make news. Donald Trump being booed. And then, of course, the two women who are behind home plate who are flashing their you-know-whats to the camera. It got them trending, and everybody was looking them up, and that produced some hilarious pictures, right? Some pictures from the crowd, a little bit closer up where, where all the guys, or I shouldn't just say all the guys, but but everyone in the stands, they had one of two reactions. A big smile taking pictures or just a look of disgust, right? A look of shock. How could you? 
This is America's pastime, right? How could you do that at a World Series game? Right, one of two reactions. All for it or 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 absolutely not, which is hilarious. Those are probably the two biggest stories for the average American. Now, for a diehard baseball fan, for people who, who, who feel the urgency of the World Series and feel the need to watch it, I, I think you might actually be in the minority. I think I actually might be in the minority in this situation, in this instance of the World Series. Now, the TV ratings, I... I don't like to just judge off TV ratings, but but I did look up the ratings and, and, and how many viewers, like Game 5 the other night, which I believe was Sunday night, it drew a 2.7, which to me doesn't mean a whole lot, and I'm sure to you it doesn't mean a whole lot unless you've worked in TV. That's about 11 million viewers, right? And that 2.7 rating is based off of uh, that 18 to 49 demographic, which is the big demographic that, that most TV shows, most sporting events are looking to target, right? There are outliers, obviously, that, that uh, want to attract... Obviously, small children or or maybe senior citizens. But for the most part, that 18 to 49 demographic is is what uh, networks are going for. It drew a 2.7, which is about 11 million viewers, which 11 million viewers. I'm not going to shake my head at that. That's plenty. But compare that to Sunday Night Football, which was on at the same time. That drew a 5.7. That's 19 million viewers. And that was a regular season game between... Not only a regular season game, but between two very small markets in Kansas City and in Green Bay. And Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing. 19 million people tuned in to watch Matt Moore. Matt Moore. While 11 million viewers tuned in to see the Astros, who might be baseball's super team. And the Nationals, who are this team of destiny, red hot team, who who are trying to win their first World Series ever, right? 11 million viewers versus 19 million viewers. And look, those statistics aren't aren't 100% an indictment on Major League Baseball. More people will always watch football. Always. It's kind of our thing as Americans, right? We say that, oh, we like the NBA more. We say that baseball is our thing. But let's be real. When you sit down, when you grab the remote, we turn on football. It's what we do. At least 99% of Americans, right? I don't know what it is. We try to lie to ourselves. We try to shake it another way. But it's just a matter of fact. That Americans, there's just something about football that we just can't tune out. No matter if it's Matt Moore or Patrick Mahomes. Or a postseason game or a regular season game. We just don't care. Football is football. So I'm not totally blaming the World Series and blaming baseball. I, I, they, they will always be on a different level than football. But nobody's watching the World Series, right? 11 million viewers at 2.7? That was dwarfed by a, a rather insignificant Sunday night football game. And and not going off the statistics. Let's forget about the ratings. Let's forget about the numbers for a moment. Just think of who you've talked to, right? The last couple of days at work or in class, if you're at UWL or Viterbo or Western, right? The conversations you've had at the bar, at the grocery store, at the bank. You, you get what I'm saying. The conversations you've had. Has anybody come up to you and said, oh, my God, so glad I stayed up until 1230 to see how that game ended? Or did you see what what the what the umpire did? The other night, did you see that call? Did you see the manager, you know, making a fit? Did you see this? Did you see that? No, there's not a whole lot of that going on. Most people, I think, are waking up the next morning and, oh, look at that. The Astros won. Wow, another road team took it. All right. There hasn't been a lot of urgency. People talking to each other like it, like the World Series is life or death, right? And, and look, 
like I said, it's not all baseball's fault. They are always going to live in the shadow of the NFL. And I think a little bit right now in the shadow of the NBA too, just because the NBA has so many superstars and they know how to market their superstars. Major League Baseball, not so much, right? The NFL is a very national brand. The Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Patriots, the 49ers, right? History and national recognition with big names and, and, and big quarterbacks and dramatic head coaches, right? It's a, it's a very, very big deal nationally. The NBA is a regional and national brand, right? I can sit down and watch a Bucks broadcast with Jim Paschke and, and Marcus Johnson and they get into the ins and outs of what's going on in downtown Milwaukee and who's sitting on that 14th spot on the bench for the Bucks, right? It's a very it's a very regional look. But then on Tuesday night, I also turn on right the TNT doubleheader or, the, or whatever night the TNT. I think I believe that's Thursday actually. Thursday I turn on to watch. Okay, I'm going to watch Blazers Nuggets and I'm going to watch uh, Knicks Celtics. Very national as well. They they kind of coexist. And the NBA almost has two seasons. They have the regular season. And then they have the playoffs, and it becomes much more national during the playoffs because you, for the most part, don't see the Orlandos, right, or the Milwaukee's, or the Oklahoma Cities. although, of course, there's been exceptions with those teams. Very regional during the regular season with some national recognition as well, but then to the postseason, it's very national, right? Baseball, I think it's regional through and through. We watch Brian Anderson, Bill Schroeder, we listen to Bob Uecker. And we don't really pay attention to what the Mariners are doing or the Athletics, right? Or the Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays or the or the the Atlanta Braves. We we just I, I don't know. We focus on our team every single day. It's very regional. And when the playoffs start, unlike the NBA, I don't think there's any change. I don't think there's a transition where we say, okay, now I'm gonna start watching the Braves or the Cardinals. I think baseball fans, for the most part, look at it and say, well, my team's not in the playoffs. Time to focus on football. And that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Baseball is very unique in that way. It just doesn't always translate to big ratings, big television numbers. And I think sometimes it, it really gives the appearance that baseball just really isn't that interesting, which I don't think is the case. But it definitely doesn't have the urgency of, of the other leagues and sports uh, in America. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. T-Bone says, yeah, I'm watching AEW, so T-Bone's watching wrestling. Uh, Trish says, I'm feeling the urgency for the series. I'm all for it, even at my age. So like I said, there's there's plenty of people uh, who are watching these games. But I think we're in the, in the minority, right? You walk around your place of work, uh, you're at the bar. People just aren't talking. They're talking about the Packers right now, right? Talking about the Patriots. Or, or they're talking about the Vikings. We're not talking about baseball because our team's not in it. If the Brewers were in it, you'd feel a fever. The, even lacrosse, hours away from Milwaukee, would feel different. Because baseball's really regional. And I think when our team, our region's team, the Brewers, does go on a postseason run, that makes it all the more fun. It's like a high school team going on a run or a college team, right? Because we feel like we have ownership of that team. It's very regional. But when your team's not in it, like currently with the Brewers, you just lose a little bit of interest. And I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, but it does lead to to, to poorer ratings uh, and numbers that are just a little bit down this year, especially uh, in this area of the state where Twins fans and Brewers fans were saying, man, our teams are done. Both broke our hearts. We're done with baseball <laughs> until next summer, right? Uh, I am, aside from Game 7, I'm going to be watching Bucks celtics tonight. This game means a lot to me. And I'm making sure to watch it, even with Game 7 on tonight, and even with a new South Park, with a new Call of Duty video game. I'm making time, and I'm going to watch Bucks celtics let me explain why, 
coming up next. Of course, we got to check in with Dave and Scrady because they can't keep themselves off the air even in the afternoon. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you're having a good night. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Talking about the World Series Big Game 7 tonight. Some people still feel indifferent, right? Depends on who you talk to, but I think some people make up their mind when when the postseason starts. Eh, Brewers aren't in it. Eh, Twins aren't in it. I'm just not interested. And no exciting Game 7, no drama, no showmanship is going to change that. And I just think that's how sports fans work sometimes. It's certainly how I work. I'm going to be watching Game 7 tonight, but I am also going to be watching Bucks celtics This game means a ton to me. And it seems very counterintuitive from what I normally talk about because if you listen to the show regularly, you'll know that I love to bring up the fact that there are 82 regular season games in the NBA. 82. That is, that is a lot of games, which means there's time for a bad loss here and there. There's time to absorb an injury. There's plenty of time to rest a player or, or give them some time off, right? There, there's not a great sense of urgency throughout the NBA regular season. Now they're big games, like on Christmas and around Thanksgiving, and you want to be playing well going into the playoffs, but for the most part, it's a marathon. And coaches have to manage their players, keep them healthy, right? Kind of choose which games maybe to get up for, choose which games to coast through, et cetera, et cetera. It's a marathon. A lot of travel, right? A lot of back-to-backs between Salt Lake City and Sacramento. It's a drag. It's a long season. So I try not to overreact to any one particular game, or even two or three bad games. A lot of time to correct the ship, and this Bucks team is is no doubt going to go through their ups and downs over the course of the season. So so far the Bucks are are two and one through three games. They could have easily lost in Houston, but they pulled it out at the end, which I think showed uh, the value of Ursan Ilyasova and how Brook Lopez can take over a game when he's feeling himself. They 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 should have won in my or at home against Miami in their home opener. They didn't. They lost one thirty one to one twenty six in overtime. Giannis fouled out. He fouled out in in both of the first two games actually, and and neither call six was really worth a whistle, especially against the defending MVP and especially for foul number six. And if you think those things shouldn't matter, then you just you don't know what you're talking about with the NBA because they do matter, right? Superstars get the benefit of the doubt. And when you get five calls, well, okay, if you're going to foul out one of the best players in the league, it better be on a pretty egregious call. Those things do matter, right? Let's not kid ourselves. So the Bucks drop that game at home against Miami, and then they take care of business against Cleveland. That's really the analysis, right? That, that's really all there is to be said. 129-112, that was on Monday night. 2-1, and one, three games in. Looking pretty good. Easily could be 3-0, and oh, maybe could be 1-2. and two. Either way, I'm not overreacting. Tonight at 6.30, they go to the TD Garden. They play the Boston Celtics. Pre-game's going to start at 6 o'clock here on WKTY. Tip-off with Ted Davis and the rest of the Bucks Radio Network. Friend of the show, Justin Garcia included. Tip-off will be at 6.30. This game, I will overreact to this game. And I will make a big deal out of this game. And if they lose, I will be upset. And if they win, I will go way over the top and be really cocky and I will be obnoxious. This game means a ton to me because it's Boston. And you know what? Screw Boston. I'll, I'll, I'll say it plainly. I will. I do not like the Boston Celtics. And this makes me sound petty. This makes me sound childish. But I'll admit it. I do not like Boston. Just like sports fans pick certain teams to not like. 
right? I don't like Boston. I think they always get the benefit of the doubt, right? I always think people assume they are better than they are. Last year was a great example of that. The Celtics were an average team last year. And for whatever reason, people kept holding on to, well, Kyrie, he hits big shots. And, and you saw what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum did two years ago, man. Celtics, look out when, when they flip the switch in the playoffs. No, the Celtics were an average team. They were always an average team. They were never going to be anything more than an average team. And you saw an elite team, the Milwaukee Bucks, dispose of them quickly and swiftly after dropping game one last year in the second round of the playoffs. I do not like Boston. Now, Kyrie Irving leaving Boston actually makes Boston a little bit more bearable for me. I like Kemba Walker. That doesn't mean I want to see him succeed. doesn't mean I want to see the, the Celtics do well. But I like Kemba certainly more than I like Kyrie Irving. Tonight's game matters. Tonight is one of these games where national writers and national pundits, whether you value their opinion, value their words or not, are going to look at this game and draw big conclusions from it. First of all, it's nationally televised, but it's Boston, it's Milwaukee, right? And for most national sports people, look, Milwaukee can beat up on the Cleveland and the Orlandos and the Oklahoma City and the Chicagos of the world, and that doesn't really matter. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to make note of that, right? But if they don't beat Boston, that just confirms everybody's opinion that Boston is the superior franchise, right? That their players and their coach walk on water and that Danny Ainge can do no wrong, although I have no clue why they just gave Jalen Brown all that money. I got to figure they're, they're about ready to give Jason Tatum a whole bunch of money. But no, Danny Ainge, excuse me, never lost a trade in his life. And where has it gotten him, right? Not to an NBA Finals. Not to an NBA Finals the last couple of years. Not at least in this iteration of the Boston Celtics. The Bucs have to win this game tonight. For me to be able to fall asleep feeling satisfied, the Bucs need to win this game tonight. And I know that that might be a dumb reason. You might hear that and be like, this guy is so petty. This guy is so childish. This is how he, don't tell me how to be a fan. How does that sound? I be a fan my way. And you be a fan your way. Tonight's game is very, very meaningful. And as I look at the Bucks' schedule, I, I, I find myself circling games here and there every once in a while. Whereas, okay, this is a game you got to get up for. This is a game where you got to perform. And this year's a little bit different than what we've seen in the past from the Bucks because typically the Bucks have a small handful of nationally televised games, right? Between ESPN and, and TNT and ABC is when you get into the matinee games, right? This year they have a lot. They have a lot of nationally televised games. They have one tonight. They have one a week from tonight. They have one on the 21st on TNT and early December on ESPN. Another one right before Christmas on TNT. And then they have a Christmas afternoon game on ABC. A lot of nationally televised games. So it's going to be a little bit different this year. Right? The nationally televised games are a little bit more of the norm rather than the exception. So I don't feel as though Bucks fans are going to prioritize them and really feel the need. Oh, we're on national TV. We got to get up. Eh. I don't think that's as big of a deal this year because I think the Bucks did kind of arrive last year and show to people that they are legit. I think there's less to prove. That being said, when you play the Boston Celtics, man, you got to beat them, right? That's, that's another competitor at the top of the East that you got to compete with. When they host Toronto on November 2nd, uh, that's a game you need to win. You need to prove that, yeah, it's nice that you guys had Kawhi Leonard last year. It was fun that you guys got to have that year, but... Yeah, go back to being little brother. Go back to being the Canadian team that nobody focuses on, that nobody cares about, because we're going to take care of you. That's a game you got to win. Scrolling down the schedule, I don't see another, and we're not talking about must-win games, national TV games. We're talking about Grant Bills must-win games here, right? Boston tonight, Toronto on Saturday. 
And then I'm going to scroll for a while. I don't really see another must-win game until mm, maybe hosting the Clippers on December 6th. That's a game you definitely want to get up for. And then, of course, you talk about Philly on Christmas, which is the first time they play Philly this year. That's a game you want to get up and play for. They host the Lakers on December 19th. Tonight, you got to win. Tonight, you absolutely have to win. If for no other reason, then Grant Bills, myself, absolutely despises the Boston Celtics and everything about them. That's the only reason I need, right? I'm sure that reason doesn't matter to the Bucks. The only reason they want to win tonight is to move to 3-1 and one and continue to win games. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Trish said some of us uh, still love Bird and McHale and a few others from that team, but for tonight in every game with Milwaukee, fear the deer. Uh, P.S. When I, when I said all that, I meant for the flashing. Oh, so Trish, you were down for the flashing. All right, you're you're in for the for the flashing of the World Series. Uh, Marty says I can't stand Boston all the way back to Bird. Yeah, Boston sucks. I hate Boston. Is that unprofessional to say? Is that petty or childish to say? I'll just say it. I can't stand the Boston Celtics, and I can't stand when the Bucks lose to them. Do you remember last year in game one of the second round of the playoffs? I remember the game was on WIZM. No, I remember I was running a Brewer game on WIZM and I had our sister station and I had the game pulled up on the TV and I thought, oh my God, this is it. This is, I. how am I going to get out of bed tomorrow? Right? Because I read so much about sports and watch so much about sports and talk so much about sports. That's part of my job. We preached all year. Boston is an average team. They're an average team. The Bucks are elite. Kyrie Irving doesn't get along with his teammates. His teammates, those young players, aren't progressing at the rate we thought. And Boston is not good. And then they ran Milwaukee in game one. And I thought, oh my God, this is this is how it ends for me. This is how it ends for me in my sports career. If if Boston beats Milwaukee, I don't know how I'll be able to, to move on. And then we saw what happened. And how satisfying was that? Oh my God. To just have pundits and writers and sports talk show hosts just ripping Boston for two straight weeks. What a failure. How could you not do any better after that you, quote-unquote, fleeced the Brooklyn Nets and Billy King out of all of those picks, right? How satisfying was that? I chase that feeling every day, and I hope tonight we get just a little bit of a taste. It's never going to be that great again, unless the Bucks just dispose of the Celtics in the playoffs in four or five games like we saw last year. But tonight is as close as we're going to get to that feeling, and man, I chase it every day. I get out of bed, and I think, oh, how am I going to get some of that, that, that rush of the Bucks beating the Celtics tonight. I need it. You need to get up for this game. Look, I, I'm not upset when the Bucks underwhelm and lose to the Timberwolves, who I don't think are very good, or the Pacers, or the Hawks. Tonight is a game that's circled on the schedule. Tonight's a game you got to win. It means a lot. And I'm going to find time to watch it. I'm going to find space to watch it, even with an extra TV, even with Game 7 of the World Series going on. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And, and when we come back, there's... An interesting topic that we haven't really touched on this show uh, that I that I want to talk about a little bit, that I want to discuss, because I think it's very interesting. I don't necessarily have a, a, a flaming hot take or a super strong opinion, but I think this situation is fascinating. And it's college sports and, and, and the decision that the NCAA made uh, about how they are going to approach athletes regarding their, quote, name and likeness moving forward. It's everyone's favorite conversation. I think this is so interesting, and there's so many little rabbit holes and details, and fine print items that go into this, and I just think it's so fascinating. I want to talk about it as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next, presented by Played Against Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY.
final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. We had so much to talk about today. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. Tomorrow, going to have to recap uh, how the World Series shakes out because I'm actually going to watch it tonight. I've been a little bit lazy. Bucks Celtics, of course. And uh, Friday night, uh, we'll have Holman and Hartford. We'll talk to Drew Kelly about maybe what that game will look like as Drew and I will be going out uh, for the not only the radio call, but the video stream as well. You can watch that on our mobile app and at WKTYsports.com. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Last couple of days, this has just been a fascinating news story to follow, and it's about the NCAA and their battle with players uh, about their name and likeness or their image and likeness, right? That's everybody's favorite argument, right? You talk to most people and you say, hey, should college athletes be paid? Most people will give you an answer that's somewhere along these lines. Well, I don't know if they should be paid, you know, but they should be able to profit off their their name and likeness, right? That's kind of the cliche answer. That's kind of the go-to answer. And it makes sense, right? Maybe you shouldn't get a check every game that you play, but if you can go out and make money and, and market yourself, you should be able to do so, right? I think that's pretty common sense. The name and likeness thing always cracks me up. What is what is an, an athlete's name and likeness, and how does one make money off of such a thing, right? Well, on Tuesday, yesterday, the NCAA Board of Governors voted unanimously and decided that student-athletes uh, can be allowed to be paid for their use of their name, image, and likeness uh, once it's three divisions decide on rules for such opportunities, right? They're, they're going to have to figure out, well, exactly how is this going to work? Where are opportunities for uh, some of these you know, name and likeness checks uh, to be made, right? How exactly are you going to make money off of this? I think it's really interesting. It's messy. It's weird. There are so many different levels and so many different details and little fine print things that I think have to be considered. The weirdest thing that I've seen in conjunction with this news uh, was actually a tweet by a senator uh, from North Carolina, I believe. Yeah, Richard Burr, U.S. Senator from North Carolina, quote tweeted the news story uh, saying that the NCAA is announcing that athletes can be compensated for their names, images and likenesses, you know, so on and so forth. Basically commenting on the, the breaking of the news. And this is what he said. He said, if college athletes are going to make money off their likeness while in school, their scholarships should be treated like income. I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to, quote, cash in to income taxes. So before so before any of these teenagers or, or 20, 21-year-olds are even able to, to profit off of their, quote, name and likeness, we already have senators stepping up and saying, well, that's that's crap. Let's tax it, right? Which I, I don't I don't know why that makes a whole lot of sense. I don't know why that's going to be... I don't know why that's a, a winnable stance for a politician to say, well, hell, let's start, let's, start, <laughs> let's start taxing kids, right? I don't know why a senator would take that stance. I saw that and went, huh? And it just goes to show exactly how messy this issue is. And I don't want to overextend myself on this issue. I don't want to talk over my head or get out over my skis because I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a financial expert. I'm not an expert on the, the internal governing body of the NCAA and how it works. So I'm going to talk in a little bit bigger picture fashion here. I'm not going to lie and, and, and try to overextend myself and, and get into legalese and, and stuff like that. But just just my opinion, just my two cents, and this is my show, the Wisco Sports Show. So I, I guess I can, I can provide my opinion. I, I think we are going to realize, and I say we as, as just a, a general population, just a general public, I think we're going to realize that these athletes, their name and likeness, they really aren't worth all that much. 
Most of them. Right? And I know that sounds like a terrible thing to say. Grant, how can you not? These kids deserve to be paid. The NCAA makes this much money, blah, blah, blah. Look, I understand. Yes, I do. I get it. And I want this situation to be fair. And I want athletes to get their their due, whatever that ends up being. But name and likeness? I don't know if it's actually worth that much. And I say it, and I say it kind of uh, a little bit quietly. Because like I think that's an unpopular take. I think that's an unpopular stance. I think for 99% of college football players in the country, their name and likeness isn't really worth that much. An offensive lineman for Wisconsin, let's take Tyler Biotish, for example. Right, center. Incredible athlete. For those of you who don't know, was an incredible basketball player. Quickest feet, quickest moves I have ever seen. He's one of the best athletes, I think, to come out of the state of Wisconsin in the last couple of years. Even though he plays an offensive lineman position that's not very glamorous. He is the best center in college football, by the way. Is Tyler Biotish's name and likeness worth that much money? And that's not a slight to Tyler Biotish. But is his name and likeness in and of itself worth a lot of money? Probably not. It might be worth something because it's attached to Wisconsin, right? These players' brands are enhanced when combining or when joining a team like Wisconsin, right? Biotish and Van Lannan and all these offensive linemen, they have the benefit of, oh, Wisconsin offensive linemen are great, Right? Wisconsin, it's great tradition there. They they have a lot of history of putting great offensive linemen into the NFL. And that's great. But is that is that worth a lot of money? Can Tyler Biotish walk over to a to a car dealership in Madison and say, hey, I want to I want to be a sponsor. I, I want to do a commercial. Eh. Eh. I don't know. And for the 1%, right? The Zion Williamsons of the world or the Trevor Lawrences of the world who could sell jerseys, and who could do commercials. Yeah, they might be able to make a little scratch off their name and likeness, absolutely. But for the other 99%, probably not. I don't think their name and likeness is worth that much. And that's not a slight to them, it's just reality. And really, that's what this argument gets down to, right? You're either siding with the 1% or you're siding with the 99%. Because the current state of Division One athletics, especially in football and basketball, benefits the 99%. Because players like Zion Williamson and John ja Morant go out and they ball and they put on a show and they drive ratings, TV contracts, they, they, they draw attendance to these games and they sell merchandise. Whereas the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth guy on the Wisconsin bench is getting all those same benefits, right? Maybe not literally the same benefits, but getting the scholarship, getting all the gear, getting the travel, getting all the, the merch when they play in bowl games or in tournament games. So for the 99%, the system works out pretty well. Because for the most part, everybody is treated pretty much the same. At least while they're in college. Because the Zion Williamsons, the Trevor Lawrences of the world, the Jonathan Taylors, right, of the world, the flashy players that that draw TV contracts and, and sell tickets and merchandise, they make the money, they create all the attention, so the 99% of people who are playing college athletics can get a scholarship. Right, can get the clothes, the merch, the travel, the tutors, the education, everything. So really, this conversation boils down to, do you think it's unfair to the 1% that they pull the 99? Or do you think it's a pretty good situation that the 99 get to enjoy the same benefits as the 1? Yeah, the current situation might be unfair to the 1%, the Zion Williamsons and the Trevor Lawrence. But man, the other 99%, they're getting a pretty good deal. That's where the divide is. That's people's problem with the system. 
is that the Trevor Lawrence, the Zion Williams, the exception to the rule, they're not allowed to go above and beyond and really get what they're worth. Well, the other 99% are at a pretty good deal. That's the question. This is going to be a fascinating story to follow. I, I, I can't wait to see how this develops because I think it's so, so interesting. Tomorrow, we're going to talk more World Series. We're going to talk Bucks Celtics. The Bucks better win, or I'm just going to wake up grumpy. I'm going to go to bed grumpy, and I'm going to be grumpy. And we're going to preview Holman's Level 2 playoff game tomorrow as well with Drew Kelly in Hartford. All that tomorrow, same time, same place. Talk to you then.